Hey, this is Gunnar Johnson, Vice President of Mission Investment with Youth for Christ with my good buddy, Jeff Thomas from Arcos Financial in Houston. We've got a great podcast for you today. It's called Invest in a Full Inheritance. Jeff, tell them the revelation you were just telling me because this is good. Well, we were we were just talking uh, before we started recording about uh, th this is a conversation at our wealth management company that we try to have with everybody. Uh, because sometimes people get wrapped up, and and especially in the financial business, and you know, I know we're shooting twelve of these around twelve different sort of biblical principles on on finance. And I think uh, one thing, especially in the money world, is when people hear inheritance, they get super locked in on money. Like, uh, and and we're going to kind of talk about some of these famous verses and maybe why even Bible believing. Christians uh, get locked in on thinking too much about the money. And, and so what we try to do is have a conversation about, as you said, a full inheritance. And, and so it's sort of the five bullet points we're going to, we're going to talk about is there's, we, we call it the five capitals. Okay. And uh, I mean, obviously financial capital is one, let's just get that out of the way, but there's four other capitals uh, that, You've probably invested in uh, uh, maybe for your children or your grandchildren and somebody else in your life, maybe parents, grandparents, somebody else uh, has invested in you. And th those other four capitals are spiritual capital, uh, intellectual capital, relational capital and character capital. And so uh, maybe we sort of, uh, well, and, and when you think about, uh, you know, what do you want to do? You want to help people thrive, okay? Uh, your own family, uh, your community, everybody who's watching this is somehow involved in Youth for Christ, which is helping other people's kids and families thrive. So we just like to broaden the conversation about what is the definition of a full inheritance? And so maybe we can start kind of getting into these. So I mean, I'll just throw it out. I mean, you can go a million ways with this, but we're just gonna have some fun kicking it around today. Uh, Gunnar, when you when you hear spiritual capital, what comes to mind? Or maybe somebody invested in you. What 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 what's a story that you might share around spiritual capital? My great grandmother, Mom Bonner, was a Bible reading powerhouse. Awesome, Texas. She uh, and my grand great grandfather owned the the convenience store. The the grocery store in town, which was a small grocery store. And I remember she was in her late nineties and I went over to her house and I saw she had um, her Bible laid out. And I said, Hey mom, what's your favorite version of the Bible? She said, without even missing a beat, large print. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I said, okay, Hey, well, I noticed your bookmark is like in the book of Romans and we're like halfway through the year. And I said, hey, mom, it looks like you're going to make it all the way through the Bible this year. She said, honey, that's my second time around. And wow. it convicted me. In fact, I've already read the Bible once this year already. It's, it's August now. I'm probably halfway through the second time. But it th from that day forward, it was like a challenge. She challenged me to get into the word, to know the word. And so I think about the inheritance of what she invested in my family. And it wasn't financial. It, but she sure as heck had a spiritual investment and I'd take that over money any day. You know, this is, this is so interesting. We're, we're going to get in uh, to, to some scripture here in a minute, but maybe we take a quick shot through these five and then we'll go a little bit uh, deeper. If we get into the next one, intellectual capital, one of the things that I always think about 
uh, at least for my family is, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, every family usually has some kind of deal around if you, if you're trying to get your kids into college, you know, Hey, we'll pay for half. You work yourself way through. I know some people that co-sign for the loans, like we'll pay for all of it. What, whatever that is, we're not trying to be prescriptive with that, but why is education so important? I would argue that, you know, sort of in biblical times, as we were talking before we started recording, you know, you kind of had to give your kids the family farm, okay, to earn a living, okay? But these days, hey, there's still some farmers out there and some people making uh, money off the land, but it's a obviously a smaller and smaller percentage. Most people are making a living with their mind, which, so I think of intellectual capital kind of be in the modern day family farm, right? Okay, maybe I can help you or at least encourage you to get education. Uh, that can help you uh, make a living in today's economy. Does that make sense to you, Gunnar? Totally. I mean, it makes total sense. And yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I I was just thinking back in my life, what kind of intellectual capital was passed down to me? Well, my dad's a really good mechanic, and he works on a lot of things with motorcycles and off-road equipment and cars and whatnot. I learned how to. He taught me to work on my cars. I don't always work on my cars due to schedule and whatnot these days, but I, I was given a mechanical aptitude and that's helped me. My mom, she worked in a nonprofit uh, situation. She worked in a school and she worked with donors. So imagine that I'm here doing donor relations with Youth for Christ. And my mom is the one who taught me a lot of that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm using what my parents actually passed down to me quite frequently. And, you know, all these things are tied together. Like as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm thinking about verses like the renewing of your mind. OK, so that's a spiritual concept that that the Holy Spirit and God will renew your mind, but give you new thoughts and, and new intellect as well. And I think when we get into relational capital, the first thing that popped into my brain as we were preparing for this today, when I when I heard relational capital for whatever reason, uh, you know, one thing that popped into my brain is a, a friend that runs a ministry that helps sort of first generation college students get internships because their family just doesn't have the connections, the relational connections to be able to kind of plug into professional things. And the next thing that popped into my brain was Youth for Christ. Like, I mean, this, these relationships uh, that Youth for Christ people are making with kids, you know, I'm thinking about in Houston, they're dealing with incarcerated kids. I mean, yeah. these these kids do not have amazing relationships, by and large, people leading them in a way. So when you think of relational capital and youth for Christ, what, what pops into your brain? You know, what what just hit me while you were talking, and this may be the Holy Spirit, could be the falafel I ate over lunch. But, you know, most adults that have some sort of a father wound or a mother Ooh. wound, Ooh. It really is the deficiency of the inheritance that was not passed down to them. So if you look at the mission of Youth for Christ and reaching kids for Christ, 11 to 19, going after kids who are in tough situations, what we're doing is we're injecting an inheritance back into society to make a difference in these kids' lives. So, yeah, man, this is heavy stuff, dude. We no, the the relational, but, but I, I, that's what I kept picturing is I'm picturing... And I know there, there's kids in lots of situations, but, you know, it's just one of the worst I can imagine is an incarcerated minor. OK, right. and how few times they get visited. I, I just I just can't imagine being like a teenager 
who's in jail and who's going to visit me. And somebody comes from youth for Christ, just that relational. And of course they bring all these things are intertwined, right? They're bringing spiritual capital, which renews their intellectual capital, you know, but they bring that relational capital. And then what, what is kind of one of the end results is, is sort of the, the other capital we talked about with character capital. So how do you think that, you know, the, that relational capital, bringing the spiritual and the intellectual, how does that result in developing character capital? Oh, man, it's, it's massive because most of the kids that are in these situations, whether it be juvenile justice ministry, uh, incarcerated kids, or even our parent life or city life, we have we, we're going into the front lines, finding kids yes. in tough places. Um, all of them are dealing with a deficiency that's coming out in the in in that the fruit of their challenges sometimes most times is a character deficiency. So, a kid that's raised in a good household where he's taught right and wrong, or she's taught right and wrong, they may stumble through life not having physical financial resources, but they're going to be okay. They'll find a way to rise through adversity. Um, and yeah, that character being taught is one of the big, big, big primary inheritances you could pass down to your kids. So so maybe there's somebody uh, listening to this who's thinking, you know, I haven't done a very good job uh, with my inheritance. Maybe, maybe they feel bad about, you know, I don't have a lot of money. Uh, to leave my kids and grandkids. And maybe they feel bad about that. I hope when they listen to this, you know, a couple of questions I think to ask yourself is, what did I get? Just like you talked about um, your grandmother helping you with your sort of spiritual capital, uh, your dad helping you with the intellectual. What have you received? I think this is a, you know, a, a good kind of gratefulness exercise maybe of like, what, what have we received uh, in these different categories. And then what are we imparting to our children uh, in these different categories, spiritual, intellectual, relational, character? And, uh, and so I think that's a good exercise. What, what am I imparting? And I think you'll feel better, frankly, about the inheritance you're leaving because I think the theme of today is uh, inheritance, frankly, the probably the least important thing is the financial. One, one of the questions that we were talking about before we started recording was, uh, uh, a question we always ask is, if you had to bankrupt one of these capitals, which one would it be? I mean, how would how would you answer that? Oh, no. Without a shadow of a doubt, it'd be the financial capital. I'd, I'd rather them have the spiritual, the intellectual, the relational, the character capital. Money comes and goes. That's why they call it currency. It's always flowing. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'd bankrupt out of those. Well, and, and, and as you were talking about that. It, it sort of reminded me of the last video we shot where we were talking about how God cares for the birds of the air, you know? I mean, if, if you're chasing him, right? Seek for us the kingdom, all the other stuff, like he's going to take care of you. You're going to have physically what you need, okay? But how do you do that? It's always about seeking the kingdom thing. So, so we spend, I think we spend too much time in our society obsessed with the money as the inheritance piece and, you know, getting our will with 72 clauses in it. And how's it going to pass and controlling people from the grave when I think all these other capitals are way more important. So I just, I just think it's fascinating that sort of 
dichotomy of like how much time and we spend on the money piece when the most important is clearly something else. You know, I've been teaching this stuff for over 20 years and you brought up something I've never thought about. T tell a little about, about that inheritance to your children's children verse. So, so let me read you this verse. Yeah. So this is Proverbs 13 verses 20 to 22. Uh, Walk with the wise and become wise. I kind of backed it up a verse on purpose, okay? Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Interesting. Be careful who you hang out with, right? Trouble pursues the sinner, but the righteous are rewarded with good things. And then here's the famous verse that everybody quotes about, this is why I need to leave money to my kids and my grandkids, and they get obsessed with this topic. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. So what, what does the world teach on that verse? And then, you know, maybe share what you're thinking about anew. Well, I always thought about having enough money passed down that it affects not only my kids, but my grandkids and even great grandkids. And yeah, you know, that's actually pretty hard to do. I mean, some people can figure that out and can do it, but for the most part, that's kind of challenging. Statistics would show societally that we don't have money trickling through multiple generations. But you brought up the fact that, hey, this is probably more talking about a spiritual inheritance that goes from one generation to another, and it will go on in, in perpetuity. Again, I <laughs> that's why I'm so passionate about Youth for Christ. We can totally change a family tree and change society just by going after these kids. And it, and it's going to affect generations. But man, great revelation. No, the, and, and you know what, I, the reason I, I brought that, that verse 20 in there, it says, walk with the wise and become wise. What is, okay, so wisdom's important. It doesn't say, man, store up a bunch of money and make sure it doesn't run out by the third generation. It starts with walk with the wise and become wise. So wisdom's the key, uh, but 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 you know what? I, it, it, what just hit me as I was reading that: walk with. Walking is a is a relational activity. You know, um, you can read and become you know for intellectual capital and, and these kind of things. But walking and becoming wise—that sounds like parenting. It sounds like mentorship. It sounds like what Youth for Christ staff and volunteers do that, that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's so much uh, about the, and we were talking about, let, let me read another verse because I know you've done a lot of study on uh, David in the Bible, such a, I mean, what a case study in all kinds of good, bad, the ugly. Always. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wish I could live up to him in some parts of his life and other places. I'm like, oh, okay. uh, man, you know, uh, maybe we're doing a little better in other, other areas, but Okay, so this is 1 Kings 2, uh, verses 1, 3, and 4. Okay, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk, here's that word again, faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. So what, 
what is the imagery that kind of comes to mind when I mean what what is he talking about there? What does he want for Solomon? Well, I mean, clearly he's wanting Solomon to have um, a deep relationship with the Lord and then Boom. pass that on one to the next. And it is sad that Solomon went apostate at the end of his life. And I think he probably wrapped it up okay, but you know, he definitely struggled. And and then you look at the did did the Israelites have someone on the throne forever? No, I mean the the lineage of David's pretty abysmal in a lot of ways. Um, and, and yeah, it, it got lost on the most brilliant man who ever walked the earth. The earth. He, God gave him wisdom and more wealth than anybody. And yet, and yet he struggled tremendously with this whole passing of, in, of the right inheritance down. Um, yeah. It's a sad, it's a sad commentary. But, but I think, I think you nailed it when you, I mean, I, I, th I think the key is David knew, like after a, an amazing life of winning and losing and, but always kind of coming back to God, you know, and, and after all of that, you know, he's giving his like final speech, right? Like, okay, son, here's the deal. Here's the most important thing. And he's like, walk in obedience. He didn't say, now, listen invest in nvidia because it's going to go to the moon and then you okay so it wasn't monetary it wasn't financial advice it was spiritual advice and you know again that renewing of the mind that gives you the intellectual and that you know he he's relationally delivering that and you know i'm sure he delivered connections and all of those kind of things which he's trying to form the character and the financial if you're running all that other software right then the financial kind of take care of itself to some degree yeah and i mean you're you've got a great business that walks with people you guys as a company have been dedicated to passing wisdom through your clientele i mean i guess the question for me is you, you tell us i mean do you see this as a case study Oh, it's, um, it's unbelievable, man. Like the correlation, and I'm sure uh, I'm going to be a drumbeat on this, but, uh, you know, the last uh, video we did was, you know, talking about steward, not owner. And it's unbelievable to me. We get a front row seat to people uh, who are, you know, think, frankly, the closer you are to God, actually the better they are with finances it's crazy and it's not because they're necessarily god gives them this amazing ability uh to you know invest in things or uh, all of that can be true but what it is 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 the perspective it's just that seek first the kingdom thing it's just it's crazy it's like because they hold it kind of loosely so they don't panic when things go poorly so they end up being like the most patient uh, they're patient with their business partners, with their employees, all of that kind of stuff. Give them second chances, not be dumb with it, but but they're patient. Uh, and patient capital tends to do better than impatient capital. And so they don't panic out of markets when they're down. Uh, you know, anyway, it's just there's just this amazing. It also makes them crazy generous. So they give away the most. 
so all I know is that I have literally witnessed it. To me, the key to all of this is if if we have somebody walk through the doors and they're really close to God, I am crazy optimistic about how their financial situation is going to go. Not because God necessarily just is going to keep a bunch of money on them, but their ability to steward whatever comes in front of them, uh, they're running the right software to do that well. And the finances just t- seem to take care of themselves. It's, it's I can't really explain it because I think it's a God economy thing. I think you're right. And it, it's, it's both encouraging and convicting for me. I own a drywall company, drywall and paint business. And, you know, we're, I just came off of a call discussing payroll and other accounts receivable stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I found myself today being mostly patient, but I thought many times, okay, Lord, this is your business and I'm the steward, not the owner. And so, yeah, I mean, my job's to model love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> and I had to think about it a few times. It's like, Mr. Gunner, are we going to actually do this or are we going to just teach it? <laughs> I think I did okay today, but it pinches sometimes. No, no. And isn't it a daily release? I mean, I wake up with the stresses of the day and the human thoughts of the to-do list and the things I want to solve. And the, the, the only, the only the greatest thing I try to impart with people uh, is, is uh, to say, you know, I, I gave a little talk to some young professionals last week and they're like, you know, how do you, uh, how do you sort of live out your Christianity in the workplace and that sort of thing? And I said, I have no hope other than my quiet time because <laughs> I was <laughs> selfish, worried, all of these things. And I got to lay all that down and go, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. That's none of that's about you, God. What's your <laughs> agenda? Get into his word, get this wisdom, just like we're reading today. It just like calms you down, resets you, gets you on his agenda. And then suddenly, you know, I, I say it's like practicing, like you were a big basketball player. I was a tennis player. I'm thinking of baseball players that practice their swing in the cage. Because when the 100-mile-hour uh, fastball is coming at them, you can't be working on your swing. <laughs> with right? That's right. So you got you got to do that in the cage in the morning to get ready for those things that are coming and then seek God's wisdom on all those decisions. And it's amazing how he'll work them out, just like I know some of the things that He's working out in your business, which are frankly miraculous. So, and I can't even imagine the things that are coming to people's minds as they listen to this. It's like, yep, I thought I had an intractable problem and I just got on my knees about it and God brought answers that I could never have come up with. So, and it's the same thing in finances. Sometimes they don't seem like things you can solve, but God literally has all the answers if we'll ask him. I mean, yeah, spot on, spot on that. To land this plane, I'm I'm amazed at the insights you brought to the table on investing in a full inheritance. Super good teaching. I'm I'm proud of you and your company for investing the way you do into your clients and into your folks. And then, you know, I as I read these notes, it there's there were several things that honestly didn't hit me till you and I were talking with the record button on. And uh, I got to go back and chew on those a little bit. But one thing I do take away is. Yeah, I I don't want to leave a partial inheritance to my children's children. Mm. I want to leave a full inheritance, spiritual capital, intellectual capital, relational capital, character capital, and financial. 
I want to leave a full inheritance. And at the end of the day, I want Jesus himself to tell me, well done, good and faithful steward. Man, I can't, I can't summarize it better than that. We, none of us want to leave a partial inheritance. And I think defining what a full inheritance is, is a good place to start. And, uh, and I think, uh, I just, I, I appreciate your sharing your story with us a little bit and, and your wisdom. And this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Um, thank you all for taking the time to listen. Pray this is a blessing to you. And yeah, let's be in touch. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks, everybody.